Hey everyone, this is Justin again here at Belly Up to the Blackboard podcast. Just wanted to let you know as we do this intro, thanks for listening again and happy new year. This episode, you're going to hear us on episode 20. We have another guest today, which was John Crippen, who is a middle school teacher and coach. He's a former teacher and coach at Chris and I's as well, and now he's a mentor and friend and somebody we enjoy talking to as well. On this episode, you'll hear Mr. Crippen talk about family and life balance. We're talking also about uh, just those trends that we see in education, tricks of the trade, and then also balancing relationships, whether that's with family, coworkers, or with students. Other than that, drop us a line at our email or find us on our social media websites. Great to hear from you as always, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Welcome to Belly Up to the Blackboard, a podcast focused on the reality of teaching and other musings from and about professionals, hosted by Chris Munn and Justin Russell. And we're back. Hey. Hey, welcome everybody. We have our guest, not in studio, if you want to call it a studio, it's my basement. Uh, they put some lotion have... on the skin. <laughs> <laughs> we have John Crippen. Hey. Hey, everyone. How's it going? going well it's going well my wife said asked if i was going to go to your house i said no he, he's never allowed me over but <laughs> had i known it was going to be in the basement i would have been live over there yeah well you know we've got uh we're, we're getting ready to move so i've got a, a crap load of boxes just strewn about i had to kick chase off the playstation because last time i was doing like an interview on here and it um, started to cut out so i'm like there's there's not a lot of room when we move though we we're going to have kind of like a designated area for this so yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, so so, you're gonna park the camper for that, or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it in the camper. How about that? Oh, there you <laughs> go. A traveling road show. Yeah, we'll have you back for sure on that one. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just start driving and talking. Somebody can can pull us or whatever. Yeah. So, all right. So we always start with a champagne bottle. All right. So I'm drinking. I guess I'd ask you. No, I'm drinking. No, we'll ask uh, our guest first. Coach, what do you, uh, if you were in a, a place that allowed drinking, what would you be drinking? Yes. <laughs> clear with that. But if I was in a place that allowed drinking, I would probably be doing some some sort of whiskey. Oh, yeah. what, what, uh, what's your brand? Well, I kind of like Jameson's. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, to stick with the heritage, the Irish heritage. Yeah. Have you spanned out on any other Irish whiskeys, or is that one that you've landed on? Well, I, I like it, but we did some do the other day, tell them our do the other day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was kind of funny. And like, my, my father-in-law's birthday is Christmas Eve. And so oh. since he passed, we'd like to celebrate him with a shot or two. My, my daughter's not having it. <laughs> no. So we got to get her little gag bucket afterwards. So <laughs> do this. I demand it of you. And then yep. hold your, hold your water, so to speak. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so do you go uh, neat on ice, mix it? What do you, how do you make, how do you drink it? Well, it depends on the day. A lot of times I just mix it. Okay. With I, I mean, I go a little bit of uh, Southern Redneck, which <laughs> Mountain Dew. Oh, you know, Cheap it up a little hee-haw. <laughs> you know, they, I heard a thing that that's why they made Mountain Dew was to, it was a mixer for whiskey. Oh, really? Well, that Originally. Yep. Yeah. So you're where'd doing you, the right thing. Where'd you read that? 
Uh, I read it on the internet. Oh my some- god! <laughs> right. He did a TikTok with it. He was <laughs> throwing his hands around, getting yeah. after it. it was you some, should see me dance. There's some like 22 year old kid who said it was true, so he, he believed it. Yeah, on TikTok. It's on the internet. He's got a million followers. Uh, you know, I was drinking. There was a time I drank like Jameson and ginger ale with like a little squirt of lime or whatever. So we were down at a coaching clinic in Kansas City, and I ordered one from the bar. I'm like, eh, it was thirteen dollars. I was like, that's, oh, no. I'll have one and then I'll go buy a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just say, give me the well whiskey at that point. Oh, yeah. absolutely. No yeah. Yeah. So, Justin, what are you drinking? I am drinking that Zenzang's uh, Bloody Mary mix. Pre made Bloody Mary Pre-made. mix. Pre made. You know what? It's not that bad. I thought it would be like super just light on the, the vodka, but no, it's pre mixed. I, I was surprised. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, well, I'm drinking. What are you not drinking? Ask. Yeah, I am asking. Uh, are, you a, are you a beer fan, Griffin? Him or me? You. Well, I do like beer, yeah. Yeah, I sure. don't care what Justin thinks. Bush Light? No, it's Toppling Goliath. <laughs> it's a it's a Christmas beer or whatever. Oh, okay. From Toppling Goliath. Yeah. yeah. You've always been fancy pants on that stuff. Not bad. You can't drink, like, the regular beer. I can drink the regular beer. I, I just choose not to. I go with the Coors Banquet a lot, but, <laughs> but, my, my, go-to, but my go-to is High Life. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You can't beat that. Yeah. So yeah, you, since I turned... I turned drinking age of 15. I mean, wait, 2018, <laughs> whatever, 19 it was back in 1986. And got your first teaching job at 16. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we were talking to Elkin earlier. So it's the same. Age. So we've known you for 20, 20, did you say it was 27? 26, 27 years. Yeah. Yeah. We started at the same time. So I think it was that fall of 97. I think it was. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. So 20, 16, 26 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 26 years. Yeah. Jeez, it's been a long time. And then we coached together when yeah. I was down there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That was fun. That was my son's class. Yeah. You handled yeah, that situation when my son when he threw his helmet and tried to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember that. I, d- I don't. What was. You got to remind <laughs> me. You guys got two minutes to get a drink and he didn't get a drink. So he was mad. So he was throwing his helmet at the other <laughs> kid. I was like, you got to go handle that. <laughs> Oh, oh the good days. Uh, Roper. <laughs> I, I do remember I was telling, we were talking earlier that I did my, was it my student teaching? Yeah, I did student teaching at your school in the middle school. And I, the seventh grade history teacher was retiring at the end of that year. And I'm like, sweet. I'm, you know, I'm going to slide right into this position. I was like, look, I was looking at land because this is how stupid I was. I was looking at like land in Pleasantville. Because I found like oh. this, it's like nine acres. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just, you know, travel to, mm-hmm. you know, to school for a while until yeah. I build. I'm like, this is going to be perfect. And all of a sudden somebody comes in and swoops in <laughs> and takes that middle school position. I know who that was. Yeah. <laughs> all I know is that, is that after the two years at the high school, when they came in, they said, we're going to cut that position because of whatever money. I was like, oh no, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new I school. Did have a good yeah. view from your room, though. When they built this building, it was a great room view. I was just gonna say you had a, a good view of a, a pond or whatever. It was a brand new room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I got a fairway and a Dollar General. It ain't the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you get to see, you know, some interesting uh, cats going in, going in and out, right? Like just throughout the yeah. day. Yeah, it's better than watching the garbage truck like Chris and I used to do during one of our classes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was always exciting, you know. So I finally. So when I got my job, I was always on the interior of the building. It was actually right next to your old room, mm-hmm. right yeah. on the corner. And then uh, moved rooms a couple times and always in the interior. Finally this year, I have a window, and I am so excited. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's, it's not just a ceiling light. Yeah, it's an actual window. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I had a window when I first got there. And then they, well, I didn't when I first got there. It was interior. Then I moved across the hall oh, when yeah. Zetti left. Yep. And then they built that gym, so it took my window away. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Serves you right. Yeah. Best thing I ever saw that window. Best thing I ever saw that window was a puff of smoke coming from a bush outside the office. Some kid no. was out there smoking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went out and got him, and he was going to run away. I said, you know, with those lungs that you got, you might get me on the first 100, but I'm going to catch up to you. So. <laughs> Is that oh. the truth though? Like, but like, even now, like I feel my ego when a kid takes off, like I feel my ego be like, you can catch him. And then I'm like, wait, I cannot catch him. I'm like 40 years old. I don't do anything physical like that anymore. I'm not running after that kid. Hey, it's mind over matter. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> so those so you collapse. My thought is, oh, I know the kid. I'll just go, hey, he's out smoking. <laughs> he can run away. He's got to come back sometime. Right. <laughs> oh, too funny. So, so when you when you got there and your how many new teachers were in that onboarding group? Was there was there quite a few? Like maybe half a dozen? So when I got to where? Here Say or Dow. Say Dow? Yeah. So Say Dow, I'm trying to think. There might have been a half dozen or I was gonna say it wasn't much. Wise, yeah. High school wise, I know it was uh Elkin, Gebhardt, and myself for sure at the high school. Yeah. And then there might have been one other in there. Nice. They, they weren't strong enough to make it. <laughs> they got weeded out in buds. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't carry the boats. <laughs> no. It, that, that's vastly different, though, now. I mean, isn't it? Especially in your school, school district, too, where those intake groups are large now every year, pretty they much. They are, but I think for, I think for us, a lot of it down here is just the overall growth that we have. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. We just keep growing and we keep adding positions, especially at middle school-wise. And you know, we started off here and we had, I taught all the eighth grade. Now we've got two eighth grade social studies teachers. Oh, wow. And then we've got some, we've had to add some electives to build a schedule that they can use around yeah. it. So nice. our department went from three to, we're at five right now in social studies. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, that's awesome. So how many, are you, how many kids are you adding every year? We have class sizes right under 200. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's really kind of, it's really kind of jumped. I think my, my second year at the middle school here, I think that class was 85 kids in it oh, or 75, geez. something like that. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's funny because for me, the only thing that I wanted to do was always go small school. Yeah. And then when I got out here and it was small school and then it just kept getting larger. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah. I guess I'm stuck. <laughs> well, it's smallish considered, you know, yeah. some of those four and five A's. Well, you could go to you go to Pleasantville down the road and and, and teach there. No, this, this still has. I mean, honestly, this place still has that feel. Well, Does good, it? good, yeah, yeah. So, are you getting? Um, obviously, there's growth. They're building houses out there. Last, um, are you getting a lot of like open enrolls from the south side too, though, from that southeast well, side? Part of our district. I don't know if you know part of our district is that. So we're called Peach, like we have what we call Peach, and it's Palmyra, which is a small place between Hartford and us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it goes Easter Lake, and that's that Des Moines part of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Then we have Avalon, Carlisle, and Hartford. Yeah. Okay. And so we, we do draw quite a bit from that south side mm-hmm. of Des Moines, the southeast part of Des Moines. But we've actually, a lot of those houses years ago were like a 10-year abatement. Yep. Once those tax abatements ran out, and those people sold, and then they have since built in Carlisle. So oh, we've yeah. expanded 
Yeah. Like by the middle school, you can definitely see growth that way. Yeah. And then you can see it. Yeah. As you go over towards like what we call our South Park area. Okay. Randleman. Because you guys are growing, I mean, pretty rapidly, aren't you? Considered to yeah. most of the average places. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that. I don't know if it was your class, but one of you guys, we had the Carlisle mayor come in years ago. And uh, he was talking about how everything around here was floodplain. So they didn't think anything would sell. And the farmers didn't sell, then it wasn't going to grow. But we have a few farmers that have sold in the area. So Are they just getting older different. and nobody to hand them hand it down to? Or? Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Well, this land that the middle school is built on, the farm next door is what kind of hooked us up with this. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, there's a. I've seen that out of a lot of places and um, a lot of towns who are, are like 1A and 2As are struggling with that idea. There's a lot of farmland, um, generational yeah. farms, which is awesome. And uh, their, their children just don't want to take it over. And so they're struggling right. with what to do. Um, so there's some, there's some interesting things that people are doing where – you know, they can keep it as part of a, a retirement, make income, and then donate it to, like, a school district or a nonprofit or something. So that's pretty cool that people are doing it around there in that area. I've noticed that. I had a kid this summer, driver's ed wives, that his family doesn't own land around here, but they lease it. They live in Waukee. Dad likes to farm a lot, so he just goes and leases different chunks. And so that's kind of helped some of these people that don't want to farm anymore, but they can just use that land for somebody else to yeah. lease it from them. So Yeah, it's a good way to do it. I know we had, uh, if you remember, um, west of our district, yeah, west of our district down towards on the way to Johnston, it kind of drops down mm-hmm. into those those bottoms that used to be floodplain. They started putting houses, at least in part of that, um, just yeah. just east of that driving range and stuff down there, which I thought would never get developed because I thought it was all just floodplain, but yeah. they must have built it up enough to, to put some housing in there. Right. But, yeah. So something I've always been interested in, you, you'll have an interesting take on this because um, you teach in this type of area is we've always had that kind of idea that uh, rural kids have a different mindset when it comes to work, school, those things versus kids in urban, you know, athletics, especially it's apparent, right? Where, you know, there's a lot of towns around us that are smaller that have always had great athletics or clubs because the kids seem to have a different environment or work ethic versus, you know, we're in Des Moines, those, it's hard to get kids to come in at, you know, 6 a.m. into the weight room, those things. What, do you truly think there's something to that idea about rural versus urban, or do you just think it's kind of that climate and culture that those, those cities, school districts, those areas have created? That's a a tough question. Um, So for me, when I think about Carlisle, you like, we set out of Des Moines and we do have some kids that are rural but a lot of our kids, I wouldn't say they're more, I guess, lack of a better term, city folk or whatever, more yeah. urban oriented. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like um, here we've kind of instilled that work ethic Yeah. as far as in our programs, like we expect you to be here. But I also think the idea that we, uh, with some of our socioeconomic status, mm-hmm we kind of have that advantage. And I think about the Waukees and the West Des Moines and places like that where they're successful with athletics because those kids aren't having to day-to-day survive. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. And given, and given that given that option between, hey, I got to go to practice or I have to go to work mm-hmm. or I got to make sure my family's okay. Correct. I think that's where when we talk about that, if we use larger cities or larger schools, because my nephew actually – He's graduating from high school in Seattle this year. Okay. And uh, 
that there's a big difference between Seattle public and then let's say the Catholic schools and other ones. Oh yeah. Because a lot of those Seattle public kids are the same. And yep. we're talking a, a school that's got, you know, like sides of Des Moines Lincoln that he goes to and they're getting 40 kids out for football. Yeah. That's nine through 12. Oh man, so that's crazy. I think there's a draw there. And I also think sometimes that idea of being able to, I don't want to say the lack of work, but the lack of actually just going outside and doing things <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just playing, yep. um, playing without pressure. I think I could go on about this, but I think there's a lot of change in how we've done things over the years. Mm-hmm. Like I know that when you guys were younger, there was a, I got a funny phone call one time. It was from a uh, Brandon Porter called my house <laughs> and my wife answered. And he's like, Hey, can I talk to Mr. Griffin? <laughs> and Kathleen had it to me to go, Hey, you want to come, you want to come play football with us? It was like a Sunday afternoon. Like, Brandon, I don't think I want to play football with you guys. But 20 years later, I don't know that I would have got that same phone call of kids going out to do that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In certain situations. Yep. Um, so there's a small group of it, but yeah. to answer your question, I think when the state athletic association kind of broke that up and said, Hey, we want to look at this. We want to look at the economic status. We want to make it fair and equal. Mm-hmm. I think there's some value to that. Yeah. I think when we get into the club situation and the kind of baseball wise, yeah. like you go to these different athletic trainers or you go to stakes program or whatever. Yeah. Um, what happens there is I, I think those kids are getting an advantage, but it's a monetary advantage. They yeah. can afford to go do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the truth of it. If you take a rural setting, those kids have, I, we used to say it with you guys. Um, They've got nothing else to do. No, you're right. So why not go to practice instead of you guys had a draw. I mean, you guys were close enough to Des Moines. Yeah. Or if you didn't want to participate. And I would agree because uh, right on that note is, uh, you know, my dad and I were talking about this the other day. He lives out in Earlham and, you know, Earlham's got a very good track record in athletics and, um, and so does Van Meter, obviously, in those places. But, like, my dad and I were talking about is, like you just said, what else is there to do? It, the choice is either you go to practice or you go to the farm and you do manual labor that's ten times as harder, right? Like, um, and so you're right. I, I think a lot of those kids um, find that choice to be super easy. But then you get to the urban setting, and you're right. There's the monetary advantage um, where those kids, they may still have that same choice of going to work or um, going to practice, but there's some safety net behind it. So I'm just going to go to practice because parents have shelled out money and they're going to kick my ear in if I don't go. Right. So well, different and they motivation. May not, they may not have to work. Like with, you see some kids in our, our district and I know, um, they go to work cause they have to work to help subsidize, you know, some of their, the family's income yeah. and, and help like that. Whereas in a suburban setting, you may not have to do that cause yeah. you don't have to help out with family finances. Yeah. I know we had one kid, uh, this is, shoot, it's probably been 10 years now. He would go to school, he'd play football, and then he would work overnights at hy V, like stocking and things like that, and he'd get to bed about 5, get up at, you know, 6, maybe 7, and by the end of the football season, he was just, like, skin and bones, mm-hmm. like a ghost. He didn't get enough, he was living on monster energy drinks, he was, you know, not getting enough sleep, not eating right, yep. but he was doing it because he had to help support <clears throat> his family, and I don't know how the kid did it, I couldn't imagine so, well, on that guys, note, what's that? I had to say this. You guys just broke up. I didn't understand. Oh. That. <laughs> we had that earlier. Yeah, we had to, we had to end it with uh, Elkin earlier. Is it still choppy? I still. 
still choppy. Okay. Right. Hey, I'm going to do this. Let's end it real quick and let's get back on. Okay. All right. Hey. <laughs> He's back. Hey, all right. Is it better? Yeah, right now it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like we got about 40 minutes into it with Elkin, and then he said it started getting choppy. Yeah. Um, and I had this, I had, had an interview with a, an administrator and um, author. Has been about a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. And I thought it was because Chase was on the PlayStation. Like we got in about halfway through, and it started getting really choppy on the audio, mm-hmm. um, yeah, on the video itself. But like the audio is uh, was fine. So I, yeah. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if we just lag a little bit. But uh, yeah, where were we? The the thing that I was going to add to that that last conversation part was when it, when it comes to I think somebody said something about rural going to work or staying on the farm and working. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the funniest lines I've ever heard was uh, my old assistant Chris Kula. He made the comment one time. He said, "I went to practice, and uh, I didn't realize that I could quit." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought I'd do. He goes, and "All these years later, I'm still with wrestling or whatever." He said, "I just thought I, I didn't know I couldn't quit." He goes, "I looked around; my friends weren't there anymore, but I didn't realize I could quit." How true! How uh, he, true! He made a, he made it more than one day in his sock. I'll tell you that much. Well, I'll tell you what. Sometimes, sometimes that just happens. We're puking off to the side. I never puked. I just didn't finish. Now I will. I will say this. I actually. So I when I got back into wrestling, this was like in middle school. I had wrestled like first grade through seventh grade or sixth grade. And uh, you know how everybody gets into band like sixth grade. You try all the instruments and. Mm-hmm. You do it because your friends do it. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I wasn't going to wrestle. And uh, I'm playing, and I'm terrible because I don't practice, and because uh, I didn't really like it. And it was the trombone, <laughs> and so I was like, a, it was a week before our first contest, our solo contest. Yep. And I told my mom, I go, I want to quit. I'm not going to be very good at this. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, if you're going to quit, you're going to go back out for wrestling. And this was like seventh grade, I think, or sixth grade. I said, okay. And then I gave a note to, uh, who was the teacher at the time? Lang. Uh, Mrs. Lang, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to have a note from my mom saying I was going to quit. And she takes a note. And this crushed me. She goes, she looks at the note saying I'm going to quit. And she's like, yeah, I kind of expected this. <laughs> 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 so I wrestled for one more year and then, well, and a yeah. day. And, and a day. What was it? It's my senior year, maybe? Maybe. No. Jun- no, it was like a junior. Junior so, year. Yeah. 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 No fun times. Yeah. Oh god. I did work though. Just so you know, I wasn't sitting at home. I went straight to work <laughs> after high school. But I do regret not finishing that though. I wish yeah. I would have yeah. continued to do it. it is. Well, you came in like after the season started too. It was like the day one. No, I'm, but gl- I- I'm glad you didn't because I got this arsenal <laughs> that I can use against you about your socks and your other things. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, I was a broke kid. I couldn't buy. I couldn't buy shoes. And I'm glad I didn't buy shoes. Oh yeah, what were you gonna do with them afterwards? Slightly used. <laughs> One day, <laughs> sell them back. Oh, so what are you? What are you up to these days? You still coaching, coach? Are you? Are you got, yeah. Okay. So I've kind of eased some things. I don't want to say eased some things back. I've changed some things up. Yeah. So I did football for so many years, mm-hmm. and then. Three years ago? Yeah, three years ago. I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. I get this will sound strange. I get bored doing football because it's just standing there. Yeah. Well, it's a it's the same day to day, right? Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, every other one is too, but so then I decided, well, heck, yeah. let's try volleyball. So I coach volleyball. <laughs> did, volleyball. did you know anything about volleyball? 
Hey, all I know is that there's a head coach, and the head coach says, "You go hit those balls at those girls," and I'm like, "I can do that." So I walk over and just, you know, I, I hit balls and things like that. And if I'm a real go getter, but you say yeah. go getter, I go getter. You you watch so, two, you watch Top Gun too many times, didn't you? You thought yeah, you could do that. I take my shirt off at practice. Had the dog tags on. Yeah. So, so no, I do that, and then when they um, sanction girls wrestling. That AD came to me and said, we'd like to start this, get ahead of the curve. So the last two years, I switched over to the girls. Yeah. Um, not the head coach. I don't want to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. I don't like all the e- emails and all the ordering of things that go. So I, I work with uh, Coach Bibler or Paletta. Now she got married, but she does a great job. Yeah. And so it's, it's like a good team. She she had never wrestled in her life, but she knows how to order things. And she's very athletic. <laughs> yeah, well, so she's, yeah, she's the organizational piece. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I don't want to do. Yeah, no. Too so bad. that's been that's been fun. It's been uh, right. kind of a new, fresh start to it. Everybody's at stage one. Yep. When they get their first win, there's excitement. Yep. I mean, it's just true day one type stuff. Yep. For the and love do, of it, uh, right? Yeah, just pure love yeah. of the activity, and yeah. And then I do. Uh, Girls golf. Still doing that, huh? Yeah, that's a good good one. And then recently I started baseball again in 2016. Oh, okay. But then I I resigned it this summer. I want to get back to the summers of going and doing things. Kathleen and I had that discussion about you getting, you know, four years from retirement and start having some fun again. (laughs) Not that baseball wasn't fun, but, you know. You're four years out, Coach? Rule of 88 or just choice? Oh, 88. 88. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they man. offered they offered early this year, and it was like there's no uh, feasible as far as, you know, yeah. cash. Yeah, yeah, I saw, uh, speaking of that, I saw like Des Moines was um, providing a $50,000 retention bonus for teachers yeah. who were like, they had to be like, was it 10 years in or within 10 years, something like that, of retirement, and they they had to stay for another year or two. And yeah, it's kind of a crazy deal, but man. Maybe I should quit here and go over there. <laughs> well, yeah. You should negotiate. You know, can't Cash you do that? There? <laughs> go to yeah. your superintendent. I don't think I want to go. I don't think I want to go. No, it's, it's kind of funny, you know. Like I'm not knocking any school district because no. they have everybody has their own issues. Yeah. But it's fun to hear the Des Moines kids come into us mm-hmm. and they'll say things like, "We actually have to do that," or <laughs> what do you mean? I, I have to lock my phone up and put it in a drawer. Yeah. yeah. Is that a really a thing? Yeah, it's really a thing. We we expect you to put that away and, yep. and do something here. But that's awesome because, I mean, and you've been to several different places, but wouldn't you say it makes all the difference when everyone's on the same page as staff-wise, right? Where, like you said, that's the expectation you guys instill in people when they get there. Yeah, it is, it is great when we have that. Um, we all buy into it whether we like it or not or agree with it or not, yeah, we understand kind of the value of it. And you're going to still have it sometimes where people don't enforce it as much mm-hmm. and it still gets frustrating. But I also think there's some truth to the idea of, of students being able to know the area that they're in and the expectation. Right. Because in life, you're not going to go to have the same expectation wherever you go. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of important value that they know if they're in my room, this is the expectation. This is how we're going to do it. And if they go into somebody else, if that's what they want to do, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yep. Yeah. So. Now, now, when you have that, do you have, so we talk about different expectations. We were talking about this earlier. Um, Cause I brought it up. We used to have, we don't have it anymore, but we have the rule for hats and hoods. Yeah. And it felt like, like I, 
I upheld the rule that it was, it was in our dress code, right? So you're doing mm-hmm. it. You're telling kids in the hallway while you're supervising, take your hat off, take your hood off. And someone would give you static. Like, well, they just, I walked right by them and they didn't tell me, or like you walk right. by a room and their hats and hoods on. I mean, do you, do you get that frustration sometimes if you see it or cause it's. Well, so we can take that same example, hats and hoods. Yep. So we are very, very consistent in the building here. And so majority of the kids, when you go, Hey, they, like you're, they'll start to pull it down. Mm-hmm. And there is a, there is a dependent upon a teacher thing. Like yeah. they come down to our wing where they come down the back stairs by us. We normally congregate as teachers out there and watch mm-hmm. them come by yep. and we'll say, Hey, and before they're like, Oh, sorry. Or whatever. Yep. Um, and I'm not saying that they don't get down the hallway and put it on, but I don't necessarily know. But if you go into any classroom here, I haven't seen it like where they have them on. That's awesome. Yeah. A lot of times it's a hallway. Yep. Yep, and that's where they, and it's mostly a hood. And hats are they. There's a few kids that will carry them. I don't know if you guys use lockers out there anymore or not. Nope, we removed so all of them. Of, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's kind of funny how it how it kind of has trended. Yes. Like. What? And now I think we're getting back. We're getting back into lockers. I think we're gonna maybe next year, but all of a sudden we saw them showing up in a hallway because we had them still. We just no kids ever used them, and they yeah. moved some of them, and it's. Mm. It's almost like, are we going to go back to it? It seems that's the rumor, but I, I don't know. I think, I, I don't know whether it's a big deal or not, but you think about when we go from one extreme of safety <laughs> to the other extreme of <laughs> the vid, you know, don't touch anything. That's all there is. I mean, it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I sometimes wonder if that leads to, you know, the quote unquote, big complaint of teachers which is that burnout right like or so many initiatives we have so many things we gotta do and this year we're worrying about hats and hoods and you know because last year we didn't and i i don't know i mean maybe it's different in your setting but i just i when i talk to teachers it just seems like they feel like there's so much on their plate but it's like these are things that have been in place for years like you know we're just we're not asking you to do something new we're just asking you to do what's been in there right? Like, yeah. <laughs> just do your job i, I think you know, I thought I think about that burnout thing a lot um, because I would say probably five years ago I was really feeling it. Okay, and I and it was a frustration of a lot of things. So I am a uh, collaborative team leader. Oh, okay, yeah. like CTL is what we call it, yeah. and throw that PLC and save monies and things like that. And I understand that as a leader, I have to put out there that sometimes. I agree with things when I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Better the building. Yep. And I was really kind of struggling with that. Yep. And so I also felt like when we went down this PLC road, that they were taking some of our uh, autonomy away. Yeah. And so I kind of struggled with that a little bit. Like I am not being who I can be. Right. Because I'm trying to fit into this mold that they want. Mm-hmm. It's funny that it came up because years ago I was working on my master's degree and I was up at uh Viterbo. Mm-hmm. And I was hanging out with uh, your guys' old science teacher, Mike Bechtel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Mike Bechtel is a great guy and a great teacher. Mm-hmm. But Mike Bechtel doesn't like to share. Mike Bechtel likes to be the great guy and great teacher that he is. <laughs> and so he was talking about, yeah, he goes, they got this PLC stuff and they want me to, you know, get these guys going the right, or, you know, share mm-hmm. what I do and all that. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that stuff sounds rotten. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was more. When it, yeah, he made it sound like I was going to grab this manual and just start reading from the manual. Stuff like, that, like I was doing an ice or something like that. It was not my case. 
so like five years ago, we got into it about 10 years ago, really strong and hard and heavy here. And we do a great job of it here mm-hmm. is working at collaborative teams and things like that. But okay. if it wasn't for that, my first initial thought of it, yep. kind of that idea that yeah. I'm not allowed to do what I want. Yep. But then what it kind of turned around is during that time where I was feeling burnt out, we had my department kind of changed. Okay. In the sense that we went from being eighth grade team to social studies team. Yeah. They kind of put us all together that way. And then I got a bunch of younger people in my uh, area. Yep. And that is so rejuvenating. Yeah. Like yep. when you're not hearing us old folks down the hallway <laughs> complaining about the same, like you're saying, yeah. we've done this before. Yep, yeah. Yep. yeah, we have. <laughs> and why don't they, why do they call it this? Mm-hmm. I was, my own statement is like, why 20 years ago, didn't I write this down when I was sitting in a CD? <laughs> we sell it 20 years down the road. Yeah. And, and yep. there I'd be. Yeah. I'd be yeah. It's, no, you're right. It's so, funny. Cause I remember first, te- like when I first got into teaching this first couple of years, and I can't remember who I was with, but like it's we've done this before. It's just repackaged under a new name, and yeah. I guess if once you accept that, you know, and like you said, if you're around younger teachers that are have more energy, I guess, or like you know, brighter brighter thought on things, as opposed to you know, you get around some in the in the school and they just suck the fun and energy mm-hmm. out, and oh, it's just it it's awful. a negative. Oh, yeah. it's you just can't be around it. You can't because no. then you just get sucked into it. Yeah, we always hit each other like. I don't know what your district's like as far as like subs and things since 2020. But if somebody's gone, a lot of times we have to cover. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. We get paid to cover, but you know, it's your prep. You're kind of getting tired yeah. of that thing. Yeah. That's where some of our burnout comes, but we always hit it with, you know, like who's got it today. And we hit him with the wildcat. And <laughs> down we go. We got it. Make it something and fun. That, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's so much better than. Yeah. How it could be what we're complaining about all the time. Well, yeah. and I've been starting to say on that notion, like, what's the alternative, right? Like, you, you, you could say no, but that's just more work on somebody else, and then they're going to be angry at you for not doing it, right? Or, you know, the alternative is, well, nobody subs for that teacher. Well, then you have 30 kids in there by themselves. I mean, what are you, well, you going to do? That or <laughs> everybody, I look at it this way. Everybody's going to miss a day for a reason. Yeah. Whether it's a good reason, bad reason, whatever, there's going to yeah. be a day where I'm going to have to go to somebody and say, Hey, mm-hmm. I need to skip out of here. Can you hook me up for yeah. an hour? Yeah. Yep. And so it's a lot easier if you just jump in and do it. Yep. Yep. And I, I love that you said the word autonomy because, and I, and, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this and same with you, Chris is I, as I've talked to several teachers over the last 10 years, I, I would say that is almost a fundamental not burnout piece, but I would say it, it pretty much is that that idea that when when I think about the complaints or the venting or the issues, a lot of it comes down to that that idea of autonomy. Like I feel like I should do things a certain way or have this time to do it, and I don't have that anymore. Um, do you see that differently at yours? Like the fundamental kind of burnout piece, or is it is it something different? You want to go, Chris? Uh, I I mean. For us, I just feel like I do. I need that time, you know. And it's tough, as like in special ed, because and this is me being a grump sometimes too. Is that I have set meetings like every other Thursday, and I have meetings every Monday. So when I do have that time where I I need to either write an IEP, plan for my lessons, things like that, I hate giving it up. So I'm I'm kind of stubborn, and I, there are times too where I'll look at the the roster of the teacher that I'm supposed to sub for. And I'm like, God, this is going to suck. And it's hard to get out of that, that mindset, but it just seems like it's, and I don't ha- know how often you guys have to sub, but for us, it seems like it's, 
it's almost like a daily thing that we've got people covering because we don't have enough subs. Um, but it, it just makes it tough because there are, like you said, that you're going to have to, sub, you're going to have to, you know, get covered for because you're going to have to leave sometime. Um, and then again, I look at, okay, I have like three or five kids in my room, probably at the most, cause we're, you know, it's special ed and the, the, it's pretty easy as opposed to covering a math class that has 30 kids and they're freshmen. And it's like, God, I don't want to do that, but you do have to suck it up sometimes, I guess, but yeah, I'm getting too old for this shit. Right? <laughs> That's right. The old Danny Glow. <laughs> I don't want to one up you by saying freshman, but seventh graders. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. So, we bow down. I, I think it. I think it also comes down to like that for me the topic area where you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like for me, walking into a bathroom is a mistake. <laughs> so we, we kind of work that out. But at the same time, um, for us here, we have we have block schedules, oh, and yep. we go so. On, we'll just use our days. We have red and gold days. On our gold days, it's expected that we meet as a social studies team. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we do our prep and planning all together that way. Then our red days, that's our individual one. So sometimes those meetings where people will get pulled out mm-hmm. to go to sub, sometimes it's that, that day, uh, your private day. For me, I struggle with prep time. I have the last, I have last period prep. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm that guy that I have to go wander. I go to the classroom. <laughs> I forage for food. <laughs> but so for me, to, if I'm being honest about it, like I still don't like to sub, but yeah. I'm, I always try to get to work at 630 because I know I function better then. Yes. So I'm there in the morning beforehand. And then that kind of gives me that time at the end of the day. And then the other thing with that too, is I'm a, on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning, yeah. I don't mind getting up and coming up because I know that's my personality. I need that time yeah. just to unwind at the end of the day. Yeah. Plus yeah. with coaching every sport possible. On the <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That you, you pretty much live at the school is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are empty nesters now. Yeah, you're empty so, nesters. Right. So yeah. Hey, yeah. On that note, it's, it's been cool. Um, so yeah, Sheridan lives in Council Bluffs and nice. she works for, she works with Chad Karofsky. Remember Chad? Yep, or I Todd? Yep. Might have been. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't work with them directly, but they both work in enterprise. He helped her kind of get on a job there. Nice. Um, and then Roper lives in, actually just bought a house in Hartford. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Iowa, yeah, good for him. And he awesome. and uh, Miranda. Yeah. yeah. At the significant f- other right now. At the 50% interest rate. Yeah. Uh, bank well, loans. Whatever. <laughs> hey. <laughs> He got out of that Wakanda. He just they just moved in on, on the twenty third. I was oh, but, good uh, for them. Yeah, I saw the the pictures. Yeah, yeah and they've got you got two kids and okay. Roper's always been very kid oriented, so they're kind of like ours now too. Great addition to the family. I am now Papa John and Kathleen is KK. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's the perk oh. though of having kids, right? Is you get to have those grandkids and you get to you yeah. know, do all those fun things. So what's Roper I'm looking do? forward to? Huh? He works for EP2 Electrical Power Products. Okay. Oh, okay. So they, so he's a lead in whatever. You know, honestly, it's just electrical. I know that. It's yeah. the Baker Group. Okay. Um, but so I think it's more like factory type setting where they build these boxes that they send out for oh, mo- okay. mobile electrical things. Yeah. Yeah. So they wire those up. That's awesome. Nice. So, so are are you? So you say you go on Sunday mornings. Are you close enough? Do you like? Do you drive in or do you walk? Do you bike? I mean, I don't know where you at, you're at in town. I could do I could do any of those. 
Depends <laughs> um, on the weather. Yeah. Hitchhike. Well, this it's across, it's across the highway, so <laughs> therefore, you know, like, but yeah. they do have a new bike trail now, so I can oh. go from my house on the bike trail nice. underneath the Scotch Ridge and come right on up. Yeah, but, there you good, go. good. Um, yeah. And and I'm I'm assuming for our new teachers and those who new the profession, you're not advocating that they spend all their time at the school. You're just saying no, absolutely not. You're just we saying that you have, yeah. We had an interview that last or two years ago, and they're the answer that sold me actually was uh, the the girl said, "Yeah, I don't do anything on the weekends. School <laughs> yeah. stuff is school stuff." Yeah, and I was like, "Good for you." I mean, that's the type of person that I want to. To be around somebody that's not going to be twenty four seven school. That's the person I want to go have a beer with after school. That's not going to bring up every every student. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And that's the person that can name their child whatever they want to because somebody else's kid didn't oh. it for. I'll tell you what. That's the worst. Worst. Before we were having after we had Chase, we were and we we're having Claire. I had a girl in one of my classes. She's a sophomore, pregnant, and took our name. Mm. I was so pissed. I'm like, there's this 14 or 15 year old girl that's having a kid. She's took our name. We settled with Claire, which is perfect. I mean, she's Claire, obviously. But I'm like, are you kidding me? I got to worry. First, I'm worrying about like calling my kids or naming them after a kid and making sure the kid's not an idiot. Mm -hmm. And now I got kids stealing my kid's name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Can't leak. Well, you got to go with unique names. Like, yeah, there's no there's one other roper in the world that I know of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And. I don't think I've had a Sheridan ever either. I've met one, but no. Yeah. yeah. Well, your commute sounds a lot better than when you uh, were first starting teaching. Cause didn't you go through two States to get to work? You had to drive through Wyoming and uh, cause wasn't there part of that loop when you lived out West, when you first started teaching, didn't you tell us that one time that you had to go through like two States, you had to go through the bottom part of one to get to work. No, he's oh. lying. To, yeah. Maybe Justin doesn't remember. No, I think no, was I talking about like extraditable crimes? <laughs> Maybe like Yellowstone, you know, like you can. <laughs> no, well, no. The, the reason I the reason I said that because I there was a guy that I when I was teaching government, I was talking about extraditable crimes with you. Oh, and that's a right. Yeah. Yes. A friend of mine had to drive around the corner or like two blocks over to avoid a county that he was wanted in. Oh, so that's right. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what it was. Well, sorry. I've been telling people for 20 years that it was you who was, ch- you know, hiding from the cops. So I apologize. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. See, he didn't listen back then like he doesn't listen now. No, he doesn't either. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about leadership roles. Uh, yeah. Did you, when did that come about and did you... Did you intentionally plan on, you know, getting into leadership at some point? Or was that kind of something um, that you had to be convinced that you were the right person for that? I'm still not convinced that I'm the right person. <laughs> so I, will, I will be honest with you. Um, I'm a dollars guy. <laughs> and they said, hey, there's going to be this position that pays you 3000 more a year. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and. It's not that I don't like it because I truly, I truly believe in what we do here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big part of it. And one of the things that I, I think is valuable is from the leadership standpoint, I live in the community. I believe in the community. My kids went to school here. And mm-hmm. so I thought if I want this to go the direction that I think it should, mm-hmm. then I need to kind of step up and do this. Yeah. Um, but again, remember we talked about five, six years ago where yeah. I was struggling with it. Yeah. yeah. I, quit, I quit the job. I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> and then we would go to these meetings and they're like, 
well, we need somebody to do this. <laughs> this is the dumbest shit ever. Yeah. yeah. This, this would be the one knock that I have. Is I quit that thing, I resigned it, September rolls around, meetings, mm-hmm. October rolls around, meetings. And I looked at my boss at the time. I was like, remember when I quit that? I said, it makes no sense. How about I just say I'll do it again for another year? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, that sounds like a good idea. We're going to interview. I had to go through the interview process. <laughs> I resigned it like two months before that. Oh. Well, you might have changed since then. I did know? not change it. I don't think I changed a single slide on the interview from like three years before. So you had to give this 100-day presentation. Uh-huh. I was like, well, here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know what's funny on that is there's a lot of school districts now. Uh, I know this is a side story, but out, it's out west especially. Um, because of insurance and kind of that full-time pay, they make all athletic uh, coaches and club uh, sponsors re-interview every year for their position. And so there was several stories where, like, there was these football coaches at large, large high schools, like 5 and 6A, that won state championships for the last three or four years. And they were making them re-interview for their position as a head coach. And like you said, <laughs> not changing really anything in the, in the interview process. Right. I can't imagine that being a, like a four-time state champion in the last six years. You're sitting in there in that interview. The field is named after you, for crying out loud. And you have to interview for your high school job. <laughs> like, that makes no sense. Like, it's just, it's funny how the dollars and cents work. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is so <laughs> driven by that, but I've always been kind of driven by that myself too. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I would think for what, encourage me if I'm wrong, but for new teachers, that's important now, right? Cause they can pretty much pick anywhere they want to go. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, uh, you look at the different districts around and what they pay. Um, I, I, I think it comes down to what you want, what your expectation is, like how much you kind of want to put up with. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you can promise all the money that you want, but if you're going to be miserable, it's not worth it. Stay out of that district. Like, yeah. it, it, it always shocks me when I, I see somebody come from, let's say they go from Milwaukee to here, mm-hmm. you know, that they're taking a pay cut. Yeah. yeah, but they're also taking, but they're also taking a jump in attitude. Yeah, kind of a situation like I just got out of this because I wanted it different. I wanted to see what it could be like. Absolutely. I, I see we we have some people that I teach by that are veterans from uh, larger district, mm-hmm. and they just got tired of the larger district. That's true. Yeah. Came down here, so they took a pay cut just for their own happiness. Yep. Yeah, more money, but more BS a lot of the times, and it's just yeah. it's harder to teach that. Yes, Ed. You guys had one of those things where on that sheet that you listed the interview questions on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one question that came came to mind was like, what do you tell these newer teachers that come in? Yeah. 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 Burnout. And we had a situation where we have a lot of our college kids will come back and over Christmas break, they'll fill in as sub pairs and other things. Oh, yeah. yeah. While they're home. Yeah. And it's nice. And I heard overheard one of our teachers saying, you got to go find a different career. You got to go find something like that. And so that always irritates me because my dad told me years ago, just do something that's going to make you happy. Don't worry about that dollars and cents thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you're talking about like those, what would you tell somebody coming in? I think the biggest thing that I would say is just do what you want to do. Like all those different pressures about listening to what older teachers say, 
yeah. or what you hear in the news. I mean, the news and the media is awful. Just shut that off. Yeah, yeah. No and be, be about the kids. Yep. Because that's what that's what makes it. Yeah. No, that's a great point. We, um, I had a Chris and I have had had that talk with with several people over the last couple of years um, because there, I don't know if you guys do individual growth plans or you know teacher type yeah. deals, but. Um, you know, there's so many people who are like, well, I, I think this building goal is, is, is not possible. Or they, you know, they criticize those large pictures and Chris and I, and several others that had that conversation about what is it you can do in your classroom? Like we understand you're not going to get a hundred percent of kids to be proficient on right. ISAS, but, like, yeah. but what is it that you can do? Can you, can you promise yourself that, like you said, come in at one hour earlier every day, knowing that you're going to have to do sub or whatever. And, and then you can take the weekends off, right? But doing that is going to allow you to make some higher quality plans, something more rigorous for students, and then raise scores. And it's not the idea that we're putting all the pressure on you as one teacher, um, but we're asking you, what is it that you can do either more efficiently or what is it that you need to learn so you can do better um, to make your classroom better? And I, I think that's a hard conversation because it's seen as criticism, right? Yeah. Well, I don't it, disagree with you there. That, that's what, you know, going back again, talking about that five years ago, I felt like everything we did wasn't good enough. Right, right. And, that, yeah. and, I, and you know, what's strange about that is going back to when you wrestled for me, what was one of the things that I always had in the classroom? It's like good enough isn't. Yeah, yeah. And that was that mentality. Yeah. And, but being on the other side of it, from a teacher standpoint, it felt like it was always criticism. Yes. Um, until the one guy said, he's, it kind of stood out in my mind. He said 1% every day or do yeah. something 1% better every day. And that's not asking much. No, no. that's me having one more conversation. Yeah. So, well, and that's the way I look at it. like when you got something big in front of you, like you said, hundred percent on ISS, mm-hmm. you know, you got do what you can do. And I always say with things with kids, they're like, I got so much stuff to do. It's like, well, how do you eat, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. One bite at a time. Just, you know, take it yeah. one yeah. at a time. Don't look at the whole picture. Nope. You know, shrink it, yep. manage it, you know, compartmentalize it. Yep. And and then we, another thing for new teachers, too, is if you have that teacher in the building that's just toxic, mm-hmm. the older teacher usually, right, or an, yeah. a new teacher that's older that is yeah. new to the building or whatever, and just they got to just stay away from them. I mean, it's, yeah, you're not going to change them. Um, no, and they're just going to infect that yep. new teacher. That, like, like you said, that you that's not bubbly, but like has a great mindset, positive attitude. And you just can't let that that sink in. So staying away from those people is a, yeah. is a huge thing for new teachers. Yeah. So hey, coach, question to you: You're uh, you're getting to the end of your your journey in this educational field. What are um, what are some tricks or things you've picked up for organization? Because you've you know you've had kids <laughs> that gone through school. Uh, like you said, by sixth hour, eighth hour, you're like me, man. Like I I have to be out wandering because I've had a long day, right? Like I can't sit and plan that time. Um, but in knowing that of myself and you knowing yourself, what are some things you've picked up along the way that new teachers are coming in who are overwhelmed, who maybe in their second year are already feeling burnout? Um, too many things on their plate. Like, what are some things you picked up along the way that helped you with family and work and just your personal health? Oh, so when you say organization, that's kind of a joke for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I'm, an umbrella statement, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm organized in my own way. Like, right. I'll point to the pile on my desk and say, I know it's over there. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's organization. But when you come to that other part of it, yeah. when you phrase it at the end there, what have I done? So, number one, I've always kind of treated it as family first. Okay. So my kids, wife, and those 
That is priority one. Yep. And I don't care what else is on the plate. Now, if you ask my wife and kids, they might see it different. Right. Um, and, that, and that's being quite honest. You know, yeah. it took caffeine a while to go, hey, you're gone a lot. I realize that you have to do this. But mm-hmm. along the same lines, it's kind of like you don't realize kind of some of the things that you missed. Right. And she's not asking me to have traded it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little bit harder when I was out there, say, driving when my kids were living on the south side. We were living right. on the south side right. to try to get them out there. So, you know, to try to go home and pick up Roper and Sheridan to bring them out to events. Yep. Uh, so that was kind of stressful that way. But the other thing that I've always liked to do, whether it looks like it or not, I always try to find some time to just work out, walk, run, lift or whatever that way. Yeah. That that allows all that to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's been a big part. And I think a lot of it that when I said I gave up coaching football because I was bored, mm-hmm. it was the actual physicalness of doing something that kind of keeps me kind of planted. Yep. My kids, it's kind of funny along the same lines. My kids will tell you that I cannot sit. <laughs> like I have to go do something. Mm-hmm. We have a, a loop in our, we have a loop in our house. <laughs> and I'll walk that thing over and over. And you're like, why don't you sit down? I I really am crying. Well, you were I'm like that as, like, as a wrestling coach, too. I mean, I remember all those years. I, I don't think you sat down for more than 60 seconds during any moment. I, don't think, I, I still don't. I think <laughs> I might have sat down and frustration through my hands. Got back up I, I've seen that watching. Got <laughs> <laughs> after it. And in fact, two years ago, I told the. I told Alicia when we started together, I said, I'm really calm. I'll just stay in my seat. <laughs> so you lied to her. I did. Straight up, straight up there is no sitting down. They, they should come with seatbelt. Yeah. But going back to that idea of like balancing it, you have to have a life balance. You have to kind of remember who you are and whatever it is yeah. that you're about. And that, that's the big part of it. Um, the other thing that, for me, this is sound strange too, but I like a lot of music, collect records and other oh, things like that. So mm-hmm. if I can't sit, then I try to find something along those lines. And then I have a couple of guitars that I have taken up to plan. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that my wife is glad that the kids aren't there. Or the kids are glad that they're not there. Cause <laughs> now I play it for them and then I send it to them in a video like, Hey, <laughs> does this sound right? <laughs> so just whatever you can do yeah. to take yourself out of this. Yep. Yeah. No, that's great advice. And no, we, we appreciate it. Cause we like to, you know, that's one big thing. And, you know, obviously you've heard the statistics on new teachers and turnover and then even just teaching and education in general. And, um, you know, I, I yeah. So, and I told Chris this before, like he's heard it. Like I read a blog one time, this lady made uh, mental health boxes every year. So in the, uh, in the summer, and uh, so any day that she had a bad day while she was teaching, she would go home and open up a mental health box. And, you know, for her, it was like a bubble bath and, and odds and ends stuff. And I Kim used to make fun of me because she's like, are you going to do that? Are you going to have a bubble bath and candles lit? And I said, maybe I'll feel pretty one of these days, you know. <laughs> but you're right. I, yeah. And Chris has talked about that, too, about you got to you got to have something right to lean on beyond family because family's great. And. What do you do on those days, though, where your wife's had a long day or the kids are a hot mess, too, you know? And and so you're right. I think you have something you can lean on um, that will take you to a better place. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the hardest part for me was um, 
when you'd get home and you're just frustrated and stressed out from work and then your kids, all they want to do is play with you, you know? And you're just like, <laughs> it, you almost, and you say no, but then you have to really like catch yourself. And I, I've gotten better about this and my kids are obviously still young, 12 and nine. It's like, okay, yeah. do I, do I really need to sit down right now or can I go do something? You know, it's going to mean more for them mm-hmm. than it, you know, it's detrimental to me. It's like, yeah, I need to get up, mm-hmm. suck it up and go play with them or do, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. Um, so when I was, when I was out there with you guys, say that was the advantage that I had out there is I had that 25 minute drive home. Yeah. Yeah. And so that allowed my brain to slow down. And then when I walked in the door, then it was right there. Yep. Carlisle being here, the nice thing was for Sheridan and I, we we grew quite a relationship because she was always following me to practice. Yeah. Yeah. So when she was out of school, she'd come to practice. She was in the room. Mm -hmm. Roper and I, he was part of the team that I was coaching. Yep. And so that situation can be tough at times. Yeah. but it also, I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know. Like, my expectation for him wasn't that he was going to be great because I was a coach. It was he's going to be who he is. And that was a, a big learning situation for me, too. Mm-hmm. There was one time that, and this goes with all kids, that we think about all the different times we put kids in positions to perform, and they don't feel comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, I, was, I think Roper was a senior in high school, and it was my parents' 50th anniversary, and my mom said, Roper, will you sing at our anniversary and he said yeah I'd love to but dad's got to play for it dad's got to accompany me and I was so scared <laughs> I mean I practiced this song for probably six months beforehand and I could barely get my hand up and down the neck of that guitar and I was sweating and you know yeah. all these people are sweating yeah. Roper does his thing over there he's singing away halfway through the song I get this nervous laugh <laughs> trying to, try to get it out that way and I get done playing and I put the guitar in the case and I go outside right away mm-hmm. and he follows me out. And the best thing that he could have ever said to me as a human and as a teacher, it, it always stands out to me. He says, do you understand now? And I said, do you understand what he goes? All those times that you put me in that batter's box on a wrestling mat, mm-hmm. on some other place, the pressure that I feel right now. Oh, and wow. the worlds are, you know, yeah. they're different. Yeah. I like doing that, but this is where I'm at. You like doing this. Yeah. But you're over here. Yeah. And so that, that whole idea of what I put him into that comfort zone. And so I've always kind of carried that into the classroom. That has helped me so much since. Yeah. When I think about, am I going to make that kid get up there and give a speech when that will just Devastate. drill him inside? Yeah. yeah. Or do I just bring him in individually and we, we talk about what's up? Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter, matter if the kid talks in front of the whole class or to me. So that, wow. that was a big, big learning thing. And that was 2011. I mean, I taught for so many years before that, yeah. but never thought about it. Yeah. Well, and for, for Roper to have that like understanding of how he felt and how, you know, how it made you feel too. And, and so 2011, how old was he? He wasn't that old. I mean, he did. He was graduating 18. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. looking at a little more cynical coach. He just held on to that for 10, 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> that day came where he could get you. He knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. He, did like, he planned yeah. it for 12 years. <laughs> I think it was the time that I, I think it was the time that I put him in little league. We put him in the batter's box, and I was throwing pitches at him. He was afraid of the ball, so he was trying to back up. Uh-huh. So I, I put all the baseball bats behind him. Like any good dad does, just, I, you know. Yeah, he got, he got athletic. He jumped that. He jumped a row of bats. He just jumped backwards out of the way. There you he go. Give me this look, like see, I got this. <laughs> Too funny. Oh. 
Now that uh, when you talk about that time with family and having that balance, um, I know when Justin and I were were coaching football and he was the head coach, and um, after we decided to step down, mm-hmm. and I told the kids because um, I remember earlier in that year, the fall, the last fall we coached, um, Chase was doing soccer, um, and and Morgan worked till like five five thirty, so she could never take the kids anywhere, um, and Claire wanted to do Girl Scouts. Yeah, I'm like, I go, we can't, we we just can't. We don't have time. Right. Mm-hmm. So Chase was doing something she couldn't, and she was younger, obviously. And yeah. um, and I just felt so bad telling her that she couldn't do something she wanted to do. Yeah. And then when we, I told the kids after that year, I'm like, hey, if I, you know, if I quit coaching football, are you guys okay with it? And I know Chase was really happy because we'd always camp in the summer, you know. Yeah. And yeah. there was always a time where my cousins, we'd all go up northern Iowa and camp as. It's almost like a reunion. I mean, we all live close anyways, but we'd all go camp up there. And it was always during our um, yeah. our camp at Camp Dodge. Yep. So we could never, we, for like three or four years, we couldn't go there. So since then, he's always been excited because we'd spend 10 days camping up in northern Iowa that we, we had to pass on for four yeah. years. And then um, Claire was able to do, she was able to do Girl Scouts. He was able to do uh, football. And mm-hmm. like I told Morgan, and it stresses us out sometimes just because we're pulled in different directions because mm-hmm. they're both doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if mm-hmm. there's ever a chance that they want to do something, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know? Right. And the spring is chaotic because yeah. I still coach football or coach track, you know, and um, yeah. he's got baseball, she's got softball, but it's, you know, we fit, we figure it out because mm-hmm. I don't want to ever have to tell him no again because that, I'm too busy. That last year that I coached baseball at Shadell, mm-hmm. we were in the playoffs we won the first round. We were in sub-state, and we were up 5 nothing. And there was a vacation to the Ozarks on the line. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, we gave up. We were in the last inning. We gave up six runs. Mm-hmm. We lost 6-5. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first cell phone that I ever owned. And I called <laughs> home, and Roper answered the phone. And I said, hey, buddy, we lost. And I heard this. He hands the phone to Kathleen, and he yells, Sheridan, they lost, and they were cheering. They were sprinting the house cheering because they were going to the Ozarks. Yeah. And that's a, that's a strong punch, you know, of reality. Yeah. But then here's the, here's the other thing, though. I mean, I could – there's so many years of this that, you know, I didn't want to be a head coach anymore because of, like, emails and things like that. Right. And there was a time where we had a parent that, that had complained – and they were talking that I did not care about their kid because oh. what I had done is I had left the meet to go watch Roper's first ever wrestling meet. Right. Yeah. Left the meet and his parents sent this email. And finally, I just, I, I kind of just put it out there. I said, I've spent more time with your kids than I have anybody else's. Mm-hmm. You tell me that I don't care about your kid and I don't yeah. have his interest in mind, then you're wrong. Right. And I said, I will always stand family first. Right. Yeah. And I told them at the parent meeting that mm-hmm. you guys have that right to family first. If you have something that you're going to take your family and your kid to, right. do that. Yep. So that's the tough part of this, you know, like the coaching part of it and other things too, yeah. is that people don't realize how that affects your mental well being. Yes. Also has an effect on your kids too. Like your kids go to that same district mm-hmm. that you're coaching in and something doesn't go well. Yeah. They're talking to your kids. Yeah, yeah, they hear your dad sucks or whatever. They are, yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is, um, you know, the the amount, the level of trauma is not the same of 
someone else's kid losing a match versus you missing your first kid's whatever, right? Like, right. Uh, and if you, I, and I, I'm not downplaying trauma by any means because I know there's different levels, but I, I just think of all those times and all those issues my parents had, and Chris, you can, you can agree on this as well, is, is it meant a lot now as an adult that they made the things, right? And, um, yeah. and I think that's a huge statement about you is all these years, you, even though there was struggles to make it to everything, I, I do remember there are times where, you know, you would leave practice, but you're honest with us. You're like, hey, I'm not, I'm not leaving you guys. Like, I need to go get Roper or I need to go pick up this. Or, um, and so there was never a time where we thought, you know, hey, coach is only here part time. We knew that there was a family thing. And I think as I get older, I, I appreciate that more, right? Because that, as I, as new teachers go and I ask them, Hey, do you need any support on anything or whatever? And they're like, no, but I'll be honest. I, I didn't do anything over the weekend. I, and I always go, good for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm the first person to say that, right? Good for you. Like, do not do anything over the weekend. That's what I, I tell people is especially new people. Cause I'm like, you got to draw that boundary. Like you got to have that understanding that, that family or, you know, if that, if that brother comes into town, go hang out with them. Like, Work's going to be there Monday, Tuesday, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, right. You know, your grandma has a birthday party on Thursday, and you need to take a half day. Why should you feel bad about that? Go go to that birthday, you know? And well, um, what's, what's that saying that, like, you know, if you die tomorrow, you'll have your job in there before your body's even cold? Well, they'll have your replacement <laughs> in your job before your body's cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not that we don't love our job, but like yeah. you said, there's yeah. – You've got to be able to pick what's most important to you. Yeah. And like when you said, when you had Sheridan being able to go to practice and things like that. It's huge. um, Now that Chase is on the same schedule because he's at the middle school Mm -hmm. and they're they're in our district, um, he'll come and he'll walk over and he'll be at practice with us. And I know we didn't go last year, but two years ago when we'd go to, uh, we went to state, you know, for track and we'd take the day off and we'd go do, go to IHOP with all the kit, you know, the guys that qualified and, um, I've been able to take Chase and Claire to state with me because our mm-hmm. assistant coach has been good. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll take, they, they rode with her. And, um, I'm like, those are things that, yes, I'm still coaching. I'm still doing what I need to do, but being able to share that with your kids, right. it's just, it, you know, it means the world. I think there's, and you build that, yeah. that memory with them. Yeah. You know, you could do both things at the same time. There's yeah. just, a, you just have to find that balance or how you can, how you can find that balance. Yeah. Um, so kind of on that note too, uh, I'd love to hear your thought on this coach for new teachers who come into a school district that the climate culture isn't very collegial. Uh, we'll call it whatever, you know, like teachers just hold on to what's working for them and don't share it, whatever you want to say. Um, and they're looking to better their environment. What are, what are some things that you would, you would encourage them to do? I mean, obviously you don't want them to go rogue. They need to build some type of network, right? But, um, but in the same token, there's what are some things that new teachers could do to better their climate culture, or if they're surrounded by a lot of negative teachers, um, what's something beyond just avoiding them? How can they start to make some actionable uh, things happen within their school district? I think on that one, I think for the example I think of is here when I first came to. Carlisle, the middle school, we had a good group of core people, but we also had the ones that were on the way out. Mon said it himself that there was a group that when he was doing teaching, they were all leaving. They lost a science teacher. They lost a social studies teacher. They lost 
um, math teachers. So there was a good group of eighth grade uh, teachers that were gone. And so I think when you bring it in as a group, I think you, you include them okay. in like the older teachers, but you don't give them the option to complain. I like That's that. kind of how we, kind of how we handled it here. Like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also along those lines, like, what have you tried? Tell me something that you do. Oh, yeah. Kind of along those lines. I think it's also, it's been very helpful to me because we had that collaborative time to have all these new and fresh ideas. Yeah, that makes because sense. Because we can't be, realistically, I cannot go do what I did in 2005 when I first got to Carlisle or 2007 or even 96 when I was teaching at Christ the King when it was middle school kids. I cannot do the same thing because they learn different. Right. They're 10 minute increments they, or five minute increments their <laughs> and is not there. Yep. So I needed help. You know, like, what are you doing guys? How do you get through this? And so I think it's just, you just kind of, I don't want to say you force your way into it, mm-hmm. but you feel comfortable doing what you're doing and you remember what your purpose is and your goal is. Yeah. Um, and if you, I don't want to say if you have to get out of that hostile district, you can find a different district because if you really want to teach, mm-hmm. fine, but that's not always an option. Right. But you got to just find those same people that have that same interest as you. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You stick with the younger people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, then, or find that veteran who is encouraging, right? Yeah. Or positive. And, well, yeah. yeah. I also think about it too. Like, what do I like about teaching? I do like the adults that I work with. But my whole thing is what keeps me young and kind of what keeps me going is walking into that classroom and talking to the kids. Yeah. And, and those conversations and not the social studies conversations. I don't care if they know George Washington. I just like talking to them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it's about. It's about building relationship. If you build that relationship with your kids, that other stuff will come. Right. The other people can do whatever they want yep. because it's a, you're spending 90% of your time with students. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can get through that. Don't let that other ten percent ruin you. Yeah. yeah, that's a good well, point. And I think you build those relationships, and then you'll have those kids more focused. You'll get the learning; it'll come. And I think it yeah, comes easier absolutely. if you build that relationship piece first. You know, they yeah. they know you care about them. You're interested in what, and you may not be interested in Fortnite or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, just talk, asking questions. Like yeah. you ask kids questions about rap you know if they're talking about rapper or whatever music or whatever and i may tell them it's stupid you're a rap, you're a rap music fan anyway yeah, i don't remember your <laughs> and i and well this calahar's room that rap song going <laughs> i don't remember what it was but it was probably pretty good <laughs> well i do tell them that their music's trash though too yeah <laughs> they need to listen to some classic Yo, but you know get yeah. just trying to even ask questions about some of the stuff that they are interested in you know like you said build that relationship piece have those conversations with kids yep. Yeah, those are good points because I mean I think you th- you two could uh, would agree on this too. Is I didn't learn the most in those classes where I knew somebody was going to call on me in class, right? Like randomly, and I didn't learn in those classes where I was the most afraid that I was going to fail. I learned the most because, like you said, relationships. Like I I genuinely enjoyed being in specific teachers' classrooms because 
they were trying to build that connection, that relationship. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't because they just made it a study hall and I got to do what I want. It was literally because, yeah. And then when I had that and I knew that I could trust them and respect them, then, yeah, I wanted to learn. And that's when I started raising my hand or when I volunteered to answer. It wasn't just because I was afraid that I was going to get called on randomly, you know, and then look like a fool. Yeah. Um, so, no, that's a great point, Coach. I think a lot of us kind of teach what we love. Yeah. So I know Chris got that social studies thing. I'm not sure reason why, but probably because you love the subject and you had like Mr. Jolson and eighth grade or whatever. <laughs> That's right. People that, people that kind of stand out to you. Cause I know like my biggest influence was a seventh grade social studies teacher. If I didn't have that right away, I wouldn't have maybe enjoyed school cause I had him to go to. And then after that, I, you know, connected with the other people in that department or social studies in high school. Mm-hmm. And so those are the, those are the things that make you do what you do. Well, and I think that's, <clears throat> for me anyways, you know, that's why I went through that. I loved so- social studies. I had history, psych, and government, I think, was my third um, endorsement. And then coming back to the school that we went to, I came back, for me anyways, and I, d- I don't know about Justin, but because of the influence that you guys had as teachers, you know, the, I and I didn't love all my teachers, but, you know, the ones that we still have the relationship with you and, and Elkin, and, you know, I see Cindy uh, Fish, I just saw her at church on Sunday, and and, and Chris Bonet, I talk to her every time I see her, but having that relationship and getting that built, that's why I went back to the school. Cause I wanted to build that same relationship with those kids and, and ha- so they could have an enjoyable high school career. Like I did. I loved high school and I took classes. Yeah. Like I wasn't interested in business, but I took as much as I could with Bonet cause I just loved her as a teacher. She was great, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, um, <clears throat> and that goes for all the other classes. Like I didn't have to, but I chose those classes not because of the content, but because of the teachers that were that were in there. Right. So, yep. yeah, but yeah. So um, about an hour, are we? Yeah, we're a little hour and twelve. Yeah. Well, Is there so anything you wanted to hit on? We don't know if we need to go longer than Elkins or not, because he said he was going to give you a hard time about going an hour and, and a half. <laughs> I'm sure I've lasted longer than Elkin at a lot of different things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So have you been following uh, the NCAA? Have you been following the bowl games or anything like that? The only one I'll follow is that Wyoming one. The Wyoming. Be, <laughs> when is that? Coming up. It's coming That's up. That's on the 30th. Okay. okay. Barstool Bowl. Because did you watch the Barstool one last year? I did not. Mm-hmm. No. You, you got to. The thing about that, not just because it's the Wyoming, because that's what they had last year, yeah. but the announcers on that are not your normal announcers. <laughs> okay. They're like they're on the they're like on the Twitter account. Oh, nice. Well, I mean, really? Okay. Racking jokes and uh, they're illustrators <laughs> going every direction, whatever. So, looking forward to that one. The other one that we have to we do follow, like the University of Washington, because that's my wife from Washington. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, did so, they play already? Washington? Uh, no, Washington. No. They play Mon- uh, Monday, right? Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. That's the first game. Yep. Yeah, a buddy of ours went to University of Wyoming, so he's a big mm-hmm. Cowboys fan, too. Yep. So, yeah. yeah no. sure. That was a great state. I uh, I tell you, I almost bought some land in Wyoming. In, uh, yeah, south uh, southeastern part of it. We um, we were in this small little town, and oh, crap, I'm in a brain fart right now, but literally... I don't even think it's big enough for a Casey's. Let's just say that it was that small. It was this campground, and um, we uh, they had a small distillery in it. And uh, so Kim and I took the two kids. We She uh, let me go in there and have a few samples, and two good old boys sat down with us, and we sat there for two hours, and they were just the funniest guys that I had ever met. They were so nice to the kids. Um, yeah. probably, probably taught the kids um, 
I probably should have taught them not to take candy from strangers, but they kept offering the kids candy. And I, like, yeah, sure. I don't care. <laughs> so no. What um, town? You said Southeast Wyoming? Yeah. Southeast Wyoming. Um, shit. I, the reason, um, I had thought about it is because, well, Kim didn't want to do it at first because she's like, they're, they get snow like Wyoming. It's, they're getting a lot of snow. Yeah. And the good old boys were telling us like, there's some years, like there's very few of them where you'll get more than, you know, three or four feet of snow. But they said, mm-hmm. you're far enough south, um, for the most part, we don't get heavy, heavy snow. So I can't, if yeah. I remember, I'll, I'll give you a call or something, because, gosh, I wish I could remember where that was. Yeah, well, it had a big, big impression on your situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it was one of those deals where it was like the second place we went. And uh, so it was 100 acres, and uh, they wanted, I think it was like 25000 for it. And yeah. uh, the mountain was in the backdrop. It was gorgeous scenery, but um, obviously we, we we couldn't plant roots in our second stop. <laughs> so I'm ra- I'm racking my brain now because I'm thinking mountains in the background. Yeah. So like weed and tugwater, someplace like that. Southeast. Yeah, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Those are all those are all the teams that we used to play when I was growing up. So. <laughs> well, that's awesome. No, I I told Kim if uh, if if I can influence Hattie to go anywhere, I'm going to influence her to go to college in Wyoming. Cause, um, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm moving with her and, uh, yeah, I'll be that creepy old guy on campuses. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on a bench with a brown bag, just yeah. sipping away. Uh, I'm skipping class like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where, where, who's got the Frisbee? <laughs> Well, it's uh, too windy there. You throw that thing, it's going to go to Fort Collins. Yeah, it's true. Way it goes. Oh, too funny. Well, so. Yeah, it seems nice. Yeah. It seems it, nice when you're there, but then once the wind kicks in, you're yeah. like, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah, forget it. And, um, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of trees out there. I mean, there's not a lot of wind blockage. And I'm going to uh, put it this way I caught a ball at third base one time and threw it to throw the guy out at first. I threw it towards the plate and just had it. <laughs> <laughs> Play the wind. <laughs> like I was bringing it home, but I just threw it that way, and the wind took it over to first base. Be hell on your golf game. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Mine, it was great on. I hit a straight ball every time. <laughs> oh, oh, too funny. I'll tell you what. If I ever quit coaching track, which I don't foresee that happening, I want to coach golf. I want to be a high school yeah. golf coach. Yeah. That's have a maid. Yeah, so, you know, here's the, the truth. When I got into that, mm-hmm. like, they used to – the coaches never coached anybody. They would go out and play themselves. They'd yeah. play around while the kids were playing. Yep. Wasn't the you year Pizzetti? that I got that job, the year that I got that job, they took that away. So I showed <laughs> up at the first meet because the guy told me, the old coach was like, make your club, go play. He didn't know. <laughs> he he showed up in shorts with his flask and he was ready to go. <laughs> coach Winter said, he's like, what are you doing? You can't do that anymore. <laughs> Is that a state rule? Uh, huh? Is that a state rule or was that just... Yeah, it's an association rule. So now, yeah, so you can actually back in those days, you couldn't coach anybody. Yeah, you just oh, that's they right. just go yep. play. Yep, you, you just can, go play. But now yeah. you can coach them from tee box to green, so you can talk yeah. to them the whole time. You can give them bad advice on this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, like flipping in the book. It. Like, what does it say here? <laughs> this, is, this is what I would do right now. I would try to pound that ball straight through that tree branch. <laughs> do you just, take do you take like other schools like polos out there and you just change as other team comes up and act like they're coach? Like, <laughs> he's got different balls and drops. My favorite one last year was uh I'm Catholic and we have you know our belief in all those different saints. So yep. Saint Anthony is the, the patron saint of lost things. So another girl that I had, her dad is I mean, we team at church occasionally and 
So she hit this ball, she shanked it off somewhere, and I'm like, hey, Sophie, make sure that you say something to St. Anthony about finding this golf ball. <laughs> and another girl was walking along beside us, she had no idea what we are talking about. So we kind of explained it to her as we're going, and Sophie finds her ball, thank you, St. Anthony, whatever. <laughs> Four holes later, the girl goes, what's the name of that guy? St. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, he might not help you. <laughs> not on that <laughs> <laughs> What is the interview process like for a golf coach? Like, do you actually have to, do you have to go through strategy or is it more about like per, uh, parent uh, communication? Or is it, Hey, like we need a golf coach. You want to do it? <laughs> you, you cleared the background. That was check. My interview for the golf coach. <laughs> do you play? Yeah. You play well. Eh. <laughs> so funny story. I'm not sure if Pazetti will ever listen to this or not, <laughs> but, but years ago, my dad and I went golfing with Pazetti. And I told my dad that we were going out with the St. Al golf coach. So my dad was worked up. He's, you know, he's got his right. game ready to go. My yeah. dad plays solid, but we get out there and present, gets on the first tee box and he's got something going on with his shoulders or whatever. And my dad turns around and goes, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. Uh, didn't you get, do you guys coach together at the, at St. Al for a while? Golf? Was that it? Yeah. Oh, no, I never coached golf. At, oh, I thought you did. When I got to Carlisle, when I got to Carlisle my second year, that's when that opened up. Mm. Yeah, I remember and you getting that job. Yeah. What's weird about that one, too, is uh, the guy that had it before, I said, why are you quitting this? He goes, I just can't handle the attitudes. And I was like, <laughs> this is golf. Like, <laughs> what attitude are we talking about? And we get out there, and <laughs> girls are happy, Gilmore swinging their running oh, and swinging, you know. And we, when I first got, the girls didn't want to compete in meets. I don't oh. know what they were doing. What? What? The, what? So they would, they would lie about their score, but the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I got a seventy-five. You did what? I want you to get like a fifty-two. Yeah. Nah, it's okay. So yeah, what were they I doing? To, they just want to golf for I had free. To some people out. Were they well, just wanting to golf I for free? Yeah. If I'm being, if I'm being honest, Claus told them that they had to go for spring sports. Oh. So to avoid track. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Up for golf. So we had to stop that. We we kind of changed our attitudes a little bit. Yeah, that makes we sense. We got better. Yeah. Well, it's all coaching, right? Yeah, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's those private lessons, private clubs that they go to. <laughs> well, you had Sheridan played with you, for you, didn't she? Yeah, she did. That's awesome. She's much better now that she's out of high school. Yeah. <laughs> I think she thinks that she could drink beers and other drinks along the way. She's going to play better. She, one time, she... Uh, Eagle the hole one time, and she turns around. She goes, "If I could have had beers, then I'd have been a lot better." <laughs> Sheridan guy came off the first tee box of her first meet ever, and she it was a parkour, and she drove the, to the fringe of the green. Oh, jeez! Just straight down the thing, and these girls are like, "Dude, you're JV." She goes, "Yeah, I'm not very good." And then she twelve putted. <laughs> the thing just kept going back and forth across. Oh, us. It's like Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah, he can drive yeah, forever. Was bad. <laughs> he needed to get her a hockey stick putter. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Oh, too funny. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hey, is there anything else before we wrap up? Anything else you want to hit on or talk about? No, I think I'm good. I mean, yeah. Perfect. We got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> we we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man, this is great. Yeah, it's fun. We'll have to have you on again for sure. Yeah, yeah I'll talk about whatever, whenever. Sounds yeah. good. Hey, you know, we could have a when Elkin gets into town someday. Yeah. We could just have a a battle with you two. Yeah. We could all be oh. like a part in the interruption oh. type deal. We'll just throw a topic up there and let you guys go. 
he and I, for as much as we talked together, there were times where we disagreed. I don't know if he said anything about that or not, but <laughs> he talked very highly <laughs> of you, except for the fact I that he knew. I mean, he was, he was a great boss and things like that. And he put yeah. things, yeah. we could talk very openly to each other. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and he was honest. He, you know, just like Chris and I will be the first to say we, we work very well together, but there's times where, you know, we've had some very, uh, high spirited, uh, conversations. And yeah. so, and that's what Elkin said is. He said the same thing about you. He said, love working with you, but um, same thing. Just like any friends, you're going to have a disagreement here and there. And yeah, so. I will say I am glad that uh, it might have been his first or second year at Carlisle. How many years was he at Carlisle? What did he say? Was it seven? Yeah, seven. He started two thousand. Well, he had to start in 2015 or 16 because he was on the stage when Sheridan graduated. Okay. So, yeah. So, I know. So, he, yeah, he texted me one time. It was one of the first couple of years and there was a, there must've been a sped opening at Carlisle at the middle school. It's yeah. like, Hey, you should come down here. And I honestly had thought about it, but I had just got the head coaching job for, for track. I'm like, ah, I got to see how this goes. I can't. And then now he's gone. So I'm, I guess I'm glad yeah. I didn't take it. <laughs> yeah. He always used you as an example of giving somebody up for not doing their work. We, that's one of the battles that we always had. That came up. I struggled. Yeah. I struggle with that all yeah. the time. Like, yeah. you know, you, you're telling me that you want me to put missing in here when they didn't do it yeah, or not put missing play they complete and give them an inflated grade. Yeah. We went back and forth on that. Yeah. Well, for days. Yeah. And we have conversations. I know I have conversations cause I'm, um, an instructional coach too. And so just, I know I have my personal thought. And like you said, though, I, there's things that I may not agree with, but I know that that is, what the district wants and that is a policy that we the research says is good and so that's what we're going to do and so i have conversations with people and it is interesting that mindset where you know i was the same way like i used to give zeros when nothing was turned in because it's six weeks past the deadline and and that kid after asking them are you going to do this and they said no like what am i supposed to put in there you know um but i do get it and that's probably a conversation for another day but he he did apologize to me today on air (laughs) on air but i go i go honestly i go i deserved it i didn't really so it was supposed to be due before christmas break i think and i turned it in after christmas break and he's and I don't remember saying this, but he said I was up in front of the class. I'm like, but you like me, is what he well, said. I said, well, just for that, I sh- you definitely should have gave me a zero. That's a stupid thing to say. But <clears throat> I don't know. So, yeah. hey, we're at one, we're an hour and 25 minutes. We're past Elkin. So there we go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll have to do it again for sure and have you come in. Right. Yeah. So. But, hey, we appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Enjoy the rest of your break. Yeah, and have a good new year, man. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. All right, sounds good. All right, see you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with questions or topic ideas. Send us an email at bellyuptotheblackboardpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at bellyuppod, on Instagram at bellyuptotheblackboardpodcast, And subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform.